We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, grinders. Oh, a little losing my voice a little. <clears throat> Here, there. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is the pregame show, the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Tuesday, Tuesday, June 28th. We're almost getting to July. It's still hot outside, still pretty hot. Not that much weather for baseball. There hasn't been much uh, rain going around, so that's pretty good. I don't know. I'll check on for tonight's slate. Fifteen games tonight, uh, but uh, I'll be I'll be here answering your DFS strategy questions like I always do in the YouTube chat. Good morning, Doug Montgomery. Give me those thumbs ups. First thing in the door. That's what you got to do. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Hit whatever you want. Brian C. Ten eighty nine. Good morning, Brett Booth. Suki Singh. Not here first, but. But good morning. I don't get the, the I don't know. I, am I not getting the dates on the toggle timestamps? Okay, now I'm getting the timestamps. And it was turned off, right? Even though I could obviously go in order, but I could see Suki Singh was not the first in. Trey's here. Good morning. Steve in the chat. Good morning. Who stacked the Dodgers yesterday? Well, if you did, you lost, right? Chad, cool. Complete game shutout. Uh, we don't have results DB updated right now uh, early in the morning. They'll probably do that soon i guess an hour or two or something like that uh but we we would take a look at yesterday's slate but essentially uh basically all the chalk failed basically i mean did, did any did anyone do well i mean even the chalk pitchers like jordan montgomery like he got into trouble he ended up with 12 points kirby got it, it was fine like the first inning and then just kind of no gives gives up four home runs uh so uh so uh, do we, we have a shrek Shrek won the for one first place in the large field DraftKings of the five three. 
Orioles plus Yankees, a non-Dodgers lineup. And amazingly enough, I, I didn't lose that much money yesterday. Remember, I'm, I'm kind of doing my, my little experiment, playing primarily three-mans, five-mans, small field GPPs. I cashed in the 121 yesterday. I played it. I played a I played a twin stack, but I didn't play the right people. I had Kirilov and Gordon, but then I also had Kepler and Buxton. They had zero. Should have had Urshela and Sanchez. Uh, but then I had Gausman and, and Montgomery in lineup and Got enough, I think, 90 points, cashed at least, right? But but even in even in my three mans or whatever, he's like, here's a triple up. Not a 31-man triple up. I scored 54 points and I still tripled my money. And it's primarily because of looking for those 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 in, in, inter intercorrelated line uh players in your lineup uh and having a slightly less projection. So instead of playing essentially what I did primarily isn't didn't play Will Smith, didn't play Trey Turner, and ended up playing O'Neill Cruz, who hit a home run, and Mitch Garver, who hit a home run. So that's what saved me, right? Because I still had Kirby and Montgomery. But look at the ownership here. I mean, turns out I couldn't get rid of, like, Muncie without losing that much projection. Couldn't get rid of Trace Thompson at 2,000 without losing too much projection. But if you take a look at some of the lineups, like, you know, Utakau. I mean, everyone's kind of sharing similar players. Soto is 48% on this triple up. Trace Thompson, Trey Turner, Muncie, Smith, Freeman, right? Giolito here, 7% over here. But like uh, John Avere, who's good. I expected to see this line. Like this lineup is what I expected to see. I expected to see uh, Smith, Muncie, Turner, Turner, Thompson, Soto. And then some may have Freeman, some may have Vogelback there. I expected a little Nelson Cruz possible so I like I was xing out these these people All right take a look at uh where's uh is BK reader here no BK is another one All right very similar lineup Soto Michael Franco three percent but still Kirby and Montgomery fire dog up here similar lineup Soto Thompson Turner Turner Muncie Vogelback Smith Kirby but with Wainwright here instead of Montgomery my lines weren't all that different from these because I did play the two chalk pitchers, and I did play most of the chalk. I just didn't play Soto. I played Otani instead of Soto. I played Reynolds instead of whoever, Cruz, whoever else would fit there. Then didn't pay all the way up for Trey Turner. But still, I paid more for, for, for Freddie Freeman, which I didn't need to do. Still played the two chalk pitchers. So it wasn't that different. I mean, a lot of times, you know, and now we have a 15-game slate. And also yesterday was a nine-game slate, and the Dodgers... Had almost a seven-run total. And some of these guys were a little underpriced. So, like, projection-wise, if I X'd out all the Dodgers, I would have given up eight to ten points of projection. And in, in these types of contests, I I don't know if it's worth it. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know where that line is. That's why I got, I got Daniel Hutchings in here. Nerdy tenor. He'll tell me where the line is. Cam I am says double up was like 39 points to cash yesterday. Right. Of course, because that's what happens when when you have chalk pitchers that one that really fails, and then an entire stack that fails. And then in my 121, I played three Dodgers in my lineup, but I played uh I played Justin Turner, Gavin Lux, and Chris Taylor. So at least Lux got a hit. Right. So at least I got three points out of that. But with with Carol, but in in the one twenty one, the Twins were barely owned. So like Carolov was one percent owned. 
and uh Gordon was like one percent owned, and then I still play. I still play. I still, and then I didn't play Kirby. I played Gausman and Montgomery. Yay! That worked out. Uh, but yeah, but uh, I saw also saw a lot of people like uh in the in the large field because I also I also I put my my entries in the large field contest primarily so I could just grab the CSV. I don't think at worst they're slightly negative EV at worst, depending on it. Maybe even be plus EV. My small field GPP lineup is probably, possibly, eh, probably plus EV, but probably doesn't have the, as much win equity. Like my, my this type of lineup, probably not. But I, but I throw them in just so I could get the the data. But I looked in it's, and you would you wouldn't believe how many players, how many correlated players there are to Dodgers stacks. So like that's one thing that we've been talking about for the past two weeks about not correlation inside your lineup but correlation with other lineups in the contests. So like if you were to play a Dodger stack, you're much more likely to have Kirby in your lineup. Because he's the he was the cheapest chalky, he's 7,100. And if you're paying up for like Trey Turner at 6,300 or whatever he was on, on DraftKings, you're more like, those lineups are more likely to have Kirby in it. More likely to have Kirby Montgomery. Less likely to have Gavisman in it at 9,800 or whatever he was. They were more likely, if we take a look at, like, where was John's lineup? Right, if we take a look at, you're more likely to have uh, one expensive batter in your lineup. If you're playing Kirby. If you're playing the Dodgers five-man Kirby, you're probably playing Soto. Playing Soto or possibly Otani. Maybe Mike Trout. You you have a spot that that's that's high up, especially if you're playing Trace Thompson in your stack. If you weren't playing Trace Thompson in your Dodger stack, then you don't play the cheap. You have to play a cheap outfielder. So you're more likely to have like Suwinski or someone like that in your lineup. In those types of lineups, even with Kirby. I know this may sound a little bit confusing, but look, just think logically of how things would would put put themselves together. If you don't play Freeman. In your Dodger stack, you're more likely to pay down and have Vogel back at 2,500. So there are more lineups. This is the lineup that is the players are more correlative to each other, even if they're not in a stack. So there are more lineups that have Trace Thompson and Juan Soto together than Trace Thompson and someone else. So let's say let's say you weren't even playing the Dodgers and you weren't even playing the Nationals. And you're like, well, I'm going to play a five-man stack and then play Thompson and Soto in the outfield as one-offs. If you could sacrifice barely anything and play two different people, or at least play one person different, you'd get off a combination of Trace Thompson and Juan Soto, who are in a lot of lineups together. Same for Vogelback. Like, we take a look here. Like, if you built a five-man Dodger stack on DraftKings yesterday and used decent projections... You would you would be getting a lot that that's what the lineups would look like. So playing like a George Springer instead, playing a Vlad at first base instead of Freeman. Even if you're building a Dodger stack, you can at least get off of the common builds like that. Find a different cheap pitcher. Don't play Trace Thompson. Don't play Trey Turner at the shortstop spot. Right? Now, obviously. Teammates are correlative to each other because people stack. That makes sense. So, like, if you 
lineups that have Soto in it are more likely to have Cruz in it. So lineups with Vogelback in it are more likely to have O'Neill Cruz and Brian Reynolds in it. That's obvious. Like we don't have to we don't have to explain that. People stack. So you're gonna see more people that have Muncie in it will have Justin Turner or Will Smith in the lineup because they're playing five Dodgers or four Dodgers or three Dodgers. But it's those one-offs, it's those other combinations that could give you a little bit even more of an edge. So if we take a look at like today's slate, for instance. And I'm going to be using the plate IQ projections just so everything is kind of aligned with the ownership. You're looking at projections and ownership from the same source. So let's just say today the Dodgers are going to be chalky, right? That they have the 6.6 run total. So if you're like, if people are playing five-man Dodgers stacks, what are the more likely one-offs to be in those lineups? What are the likely pitchers to be in those lineups? And we're basing ourselves on that everyone's using the same projections, right? So as this example, as of 11 in the morning, we're just using the plate IQ projections as if it's gospel. You could do this with the bat projections. You could do this with other people's projections. It, aggregate them to get a sense what other people are going to do. But let's just say that the, the plate IQ projections were the aggregate projections. Just always have to highlight that because we're going to point out people that it may not be true on this coming slate. I'm doing this as an example, showing you on the screen. So if we just go to stacks, we go, okay, we're going to build 5X, 100%, and we're going to build all Dodger stacks. I'm going to find out if everyone was using this these projections to some, to, to some reasonable degree. What, are the, what, what players show up correlative to Dodgers players, even though they're not on the Dodgers? So I'm gonna I'm gonna set this I'm gonna set this to 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 a hundred time purposes, and we're not gonna do anything else. Salary doesn't matter. Nothing, just nothing. We're just just running it. I'm gonna run a hundred lineups, and it'll be all five man Dodger stacks. What pitchers show up? What ba- other batters show up more than others? Because using this type of information, then you could say, well, especially if you're building a single entry lineup where the ownership gets even more condensed, you could go, it's like, okay, maybe I don't play the Dodger stack, but maybe I play one of them as a one-off, right? You play a five-man whatever stack, but then you play Muncie and someone else together, you're more likely to be in Dodger stacks anyway. So maybe you don't play those two together. You want to get away from the overlap in your contests. Okay, so we're getting 100% Trace Thompson, getting Rodon, okay? So here's the top one, according to the plate IQ projections. Get a Will Smith, Max Muncy, Trey Turner, Trace Thompson, Chris Taylor. Then you get Kyle Garlick, who's in the projected Twins lineup batting fourth. Josh Smith, who's projected to lead off of the Rangers for 2,400. And Michael Chavis, projected to bat third at 2,000. Right, these little cheapies, right? I'm glad that little cheapies show up. I'm really glad. Chavis, Smith, Garlick with Ray and Rodon, the two probably the ch- chalkiest pitchers on the slate. But then you got, obviously, one of the chalkiest stacks on the slate. Go down to the second one. Okay, five-man Dodger stack, Ray and Rodon. I think Ray and Rodon are showing up in almost all of them. Like, if we, Rodon in 100%, Ray in 88%. So what other pitch? What other pitcher shows up instead? Zach Wheeler. Okay, it's essentially double stud. Double stud lineups with Dodgers. There are enough, there are cheapies out there. 
So he got uh, Diego Castillo. It's 2,100, batting fifth. Ortega's 2,900 for the Cubs, batting second, projected. Right? You start scrolling down. And they changed the display on this a little. So you don't have to scroll, scroll, scroll. Just do this. Franville Reyes, 2,700. Jordan Luplo, 2,600 in the outfield. Taylor Trammell. 2,600, still got Chavis and Castillo. So if we take away the Dodgers and the pitchers, Michael Chavis, 83% of lineups in the of 100, right? Obviously, there are a lot of different Dodgers combinations. You have Andrew Alberto, Justin Turner, but Diego Castillo, Michael Chavis, Daniel Vogelback, Pirates, Austin Slater, Rafael Ortega, Kyle Garlick. Like, these are all cheapies. Franville Reyes. Basically, double stud, all cheapies. So you have to think that if people are going to be playing a lot of double stud lineups, Rodon and Ray, and going to be playing the Dodgers, a lot of these cheapies are going to be over-owned in combination with one another, especially if people are just, you know, using optimizers, right? It's going to jam in these 2K types of players in order to fit into your stack. Because even if we took away the Dodgers, like let's say what we did, I'm going to I'm going to do this. Even if we took away the Dodgers. I'm going to I'm going to speculate. Go to the Dodgers, where are the Dodgers? Where are the Dodgers go? Right? I'm going to X them out. I'm going to get exclude them. Let's exclude boop, 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 bye-bye. Okay? And now we're going to make five man stacks of whoever, whatever it comes up. Where where is where is this? It's not 100 Dodgers. So no Dodgers. No Dodgers whatsoever. And now let's make five-man stacks, 5X five stacks with whoever. Whoever's the next best projected team. All right, so let's build 100 lineups that have no Dodgers in it. And let's, and let's see what what players not, not in stacks are correlated to those lineups. MJC is in the chat. What's up? Nothing. Same, same stuff, different day, right? Same stuff. Hit that thumbs up button. So if we build five-man stacks, I, I'm going to guess that we're going to get some pirate stacks. We saw those cheapies, Castillo, Vogelback. Who else? And now Lachavis. We may be getting some of those. And I think in the more expensive stacks, we're going to be getting those as one-offs. Fran Reyes one. We're going to still get a lot of those guys as one-offs. So either they're going to be part of stacks. You'll see a Cleveland stack with Fran Reyes. You'll see a Ranger stack with Josh Smith. But of course, we know that players on the same team are correlated to each other in other people's lineups. We know that. We don't have to run lineups to tell. It's like, oh, Corey Seager and Josh Smith are going to be correlated to each other. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. Oh, look, we get all the Pirate stacks. We get so many Pirate stacks. And double stud pitchers. So you're getting Wheeler, Rodon, Kirk, Slater, Soto. So you get Soto here. So this is more of a cheap stack because like Brian Hayes is only 4,400. Brian Reynolds is 4,400. Okay. So like I said, okay, we get we don't get Vogel back there. Oh, because Vogelback's not, because uh, uh, Chavis is in first base. Sorry. So against the lefty. Get a bunch of these lineups. So let's see what's correlated to these lineups. 
Alejandro Kirk. Okay? They're getting a ton of Kirk, ton of Slater, Springer, Lane Thomas, Mike Trout. Not getting as much Ray. Yeah, because Wheeler's even more expensive than Ray. So based on these two builds, if you were to play the Dodgers or not play the Dodgers, like, like Alejandro Kirk is not as correlative to the Dodgers lineups, but Alejandro Kirk is more correlative to the one-offs that you'd be playing in Dodgers lineups. Okay? So Dodgers lineups would not have Kirk. So Alejandro Kirk, let me get rid of that. So think of think of this think of this logic tree. Okay? So think of this logic tree. Now this is not none of this is stuff that you have to do, but think of this conceptually. This is the type of stuff we talk about in the theory of daily fantasy sports. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. We talk about this conceptually in here. Now I'm kind of apply, applying that concept in actuality, which will be part of the second course. Right? Okay, so we've learned, assuming that we're, we're using, you know, everyone's using similar projections, that Dodgers are going to be more correlated to Michael Chavis, Diego Castillo, Daniel Vogelbach. Okay? So the Dodgers players... They're going to be Pirates players in Dodgers lineups. More more likely, more so than not. And then in Dodgers stack and in Pirates stacks, you're going to see more Alejandro Kirk. You're going to see Blue Jays, right? Springer, 31. Alejandro Kirk, 77. Everyone else is kind of like a mix-in. But these are the two main ones. Blue Jays correlate more to the Pirates, okay? So now a Dodgers lineup is more likely to have Chavis and Castillo. Let's use those two as, as, as the perfect examples, okay? So Castillo, Chavis, Kirk, and a Dodger are two correlated to each other. So if you were to play Michael Chavis and Diego Castillo, you and you didn't want them to overlap with as many lineups, you wouldn't play them with a catcher such as Kirk or Will Smith. If you wanted to play Michael Chavis as a one-off, you want to avoid the Blue Jays in addition to the Dodgers. Or at least Springer and Kirk, based on this. Obviously, the other Pirates are correlated to each other. You can't avoid that. If you're playing a Pirate stack, like maybe if you're playing a Pirate stack, you don't play this lineup. Wheeler, Rodon, Kirk, Chavis, Chang, Hayes, Castillo, Hap, Springer. You go, well, what does it look like without Kirk and Springer in there? Because more people will play them together because they're the highest projected non-Dodgers that you could play. But are the Blue Jays and the and the Dodgers correlated to each other? No, because that was a price. If you, now let's say let's say you wanted to play let's say you wanted to play the Dodgers and the Blue Jays. Let's say uh, how about this let's let's bring let's bring the Dodgers back. Now that we see that the Pirates are more correlated to the Dodgers, or at least some of the Pirates are more correlated to the Dodgers, let's x those guys out. So go okay, 
Well, if people are, if I wanted to play a Dodger stack, right? We're gonna go, we're gonna go back to Dodger stacks. I'm gonna put a hundred percent. We go back to a hundred percent for Dodger stacks. And where are we going? Okay, so we're going to I could just go to my lineups page and do this. Right. So here are the Dodger stacks. And it's like, okay, well, how about Dodger stacks that don't have Chavis and don't have Castillo and don't have Vogelback? Right. So we're kind of getting rid of the pirates, right? Get rid of get rid of all these pirates. Get rid of all the pirates that are that came up. Okay, so now what is it going to be? Now I'm assuming we're going to get a lot more Josh Smith. A lot more Austin Slater, Rafael Ortega, Garlic, Lupo, Josh Smith. A whole bunch of these people. So let's see. I'm going to run 100 lineups. Five-man Dodger stacks. Because if you want to run a Dodger stack, you're more likely, more more of your opponents are more likely to have Pirates one-offs based on what we see here. So let's say we don't run Pirates one-offs. What do we get instead? To be less correlative with other lineups in the contest. Because a lot of times people make combinations that are just like, oh yeah, you, your lineup looks like a lot of other lineups. It's just a 2v2. It's much harder to win a GPP that way. Okay, so we're still getting the pictures, so we're not going to worry about the pictures for now. Okay, so we're getting a lot more Josh Smith, Ortega, Pujols. That's, is he playing today? Carlos Santana. Okay, it's kind of a mix of everything, but we're getting a lot more Josh Smith. So here's a here's a Dodger stack with Alberto at, at, second, at second base. Votto, Smith, Ortega. Okay, so you're getting away from the potential one-offs that would be in Dodger stacks. But I think Josh Smith is also more likely to be correlated with Dodgers at third base. Obviously, he's not going to be correlated to Justin Turner. Right? Because they're both only third base eligible. I don't think, uh, I think DraftKings made him only third base, Josh Smith. He's not an outfield eligible player anymore. So obviously, two players that are hard-coded into one position that's not an outfielder cannot possibly be correlated to each other. Right, Joey Votto and Freddie Freeman have a correlation of zero because, because you can't play them together on DraftKings. On FanDuel, you can't. So if you do play Josh Smith in your lineup, Josh Smith lineups and and Justin Turner Dodger stacks don't exist together. That that's that correlation is zero because they can't. So lineups with lineups with let's let's use logic. If Josh Smith is going to be a popular one-off, also which also raises the ownership of the Rangers stack. So let's th- let's think logically. Let's think logically through this. If Josh Smith and Justin Turner cannot be can, are correlated zero, they can they cannot be in the same lineup. Josh Smith is more is much more correlated to Trey Turner and Muncie Smith and and Freeman. Josh like so that means. Corey Seager lineups. So if you have a shortstop, Corey Seager, that means you're not playing Trey Turner. But if you're playing Corey Seager, you're more likely to be playing Josh Smith. So Corey Seager and Justin Turner don't have a correlation of zero because you can't play them together, but they're less likely to be together because Seager is going to be in 
Ranger stacks with Josh Smith. So if you're playing Seager, you're more likely to be correlated with what other Dodgers? Freeman, Smith, Thompson, Taylor, those guys. If you're playing Garver at catcher or whatever, a time, whoever for Texas, obviously you can't play Will Smith also. They're both catcher only, which means they're, cor- they're zero correlated. But if you're playing Garver, you're more likely to be playing Josh Smith. And you're more likely to be playing Corey Seager. And you're more likely to be playing uh, uh, Marcus Semien. So a Rangers stack is more likely to be correlated with Freddie Freeman and Trace Thompson based on positional eligibility of who the better players, the better projected players at their positions. So if you knew the Dodgers were chalk and you didn't want to, and, and you're like, I don't mind using Dodgers as one-offs. And you're going to play the ch- the chalkiest version of the Rangers stack. You're more likely to play Freeman. Now, if you play Nate Lowe at first base, let's say for the Rangers, then you're you're probably on less combinations of, of other Rangers stacks. Like imagine playing a Rangers stack with, and don't play Josh Smith though. You play uh, Justin Turner in that spot. Now you're going to be less correlate, even though those Rangers may be, and Dodgers, if you're building like a 5-3 or something, or 5-2-1 or 5-X lineup, they may, they, there will be some overlap, some overlap. But most people playing a Ranger stack will be playing Josh Smith. So why don't you play a Ranger stack without Josh Smith and play Justin Turner there? Because Ranger stacks most likely do not have Justin Turner in them. Ranger stack most likely don't have... Trey Turner, Trey Turner in them. Play a Rangers stack that doesn't have Seager or Smith. So now you can play Turner and Justin Turner and then play Nate Lowe and Semyon and Adolis Garcia, whoever, in the outfield. This is this is inter-lineup correlation or field correlation, as I would call it. This is, the, this, is this is lineup construction dynamics, how lineups fit together. And this is outside of even the pitchers we're even talking about. That's why I just discounted, just to understand the concept. So if we're not going to even play Josh Smith in these lineups, like what's going to end up happening? You'll see, I'm going to X out Josh Smith. See, like, oh, I want to play the two chalky pitchers and I want to play a Dodger stack today. And it's like, you can. Of course, it's a chalky lineup, but how do you build differently? Well, you're going to see what ends up happening. I'm going to turn, I'm going to take out Josh Smith and I'm going to take out Rafael Ortega. Because if you're not playing those guys, you're still probably playing a Dodger stack with some cheap guys. Now I'm going to build 100 lineups like this. So I eliminate Josh Smith and Ortega because they're too correlated, two Dodger stacks with two expensive pitchers. Because you're going to run into so many lineups that look similar to it. And you could probably build just as high projected lineups or decently enough high, not sacrifice much, without being on 2v2s and 3v3s. Or 1v1s even. So here's 100 lineups. So now we're fitting them in. Okay, Kyle Garlick, Carlos Santana, Austin Slater. 3,100, 2,500, 2,900. Okay? What do you notice? Okay, this, this, is, a, this is a very important, this is very important, if you, especially if you're using uh, lineup builders and optimizers. Okay, like lineup HQ. What do you notice? It's jamming in, you know, expensive. Obviously, Trace Thompson is cheap. The Dodgers. 
two expensive pitchers and giving you the basically the highest projected point per dollar batters. So if we look at this, like from a point per dollar standpoint on this, let's scroll over. Come on. Come on, let's do this. It's a little slow. Right? Upton, Trace Thompson, Upston, Gross, Grossman, Marsh, Pujols, O'Hearn, Garlic, because we need outfielders. That's why. Garlic, Luke Blow. Like just jamming these guys in, Framble Reyes, because of point per dollar value. Not necessarily ceiling or anything. That doesn't necessarily make them just because just because they're under 3K doesn't make them like you, you have to play them. These guys easily go 0 for 4. So if you're constantly doing this, you're just going to keep on, most of the time, you're going to keep on replacing some cheap batter, right? 2,900, 2,500. So you'd be like, oh, well, what are you doing now? You're playing the same lineup, and now you're just playing three other cheap one-offs. Like, you're not that different. You're not, you're you're different than the, the, the more owned one-offs. You don't have Diego Castillo in there. You don't have Michael Chavis in there. But now you just got, you got a similar person there for lower ownership. But your lineup still looks the same. So what can you do? What do all these lineups have in common? They have two more expensive pitchers. So especially if people are using optimizers and they're trying to like get different, they're going to do stuff like this and not realize that, yeah, their ownership sum is going down, but their lineup, their inter inter lineup correlation with the field is not changing much. So how could we change this dramatically by still playing a Dodger stack with three one-offs? Well, why do we have to play two expensive pitchers? So let's look at the pitcher pool. Let's just look at point, but like these lineups don't have JP Sears in it or Ross Stripling or Patrick Corbin or even Luis Castillo for 8,100. Right? So let's take a look at... If we didn't play, let's look at raw points. Rodon and Wheeler. So Rodon projects for the most, Robbie Ray. Once we drop down, then we get Woodruff at 9,900, Morton at 9,700, and Luis Castillo at 8,100. That isn't that bad. So let's say instead of Ray, we drop down $1,400 for Luis Castillo. We'll We'll be giving up, what, three and a half points in projection? But maybe much different. So I'm gonna take out I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in Luis Castillo. So say so now we're playing an eighty-one hundred dollar picture. Now it may pair it up with Rodon, Wheeler, Ray, but we're giving the lineup like another fourteen hundred dollars, another you know did some some amount of money that could be spent on other positions. Okay, you could go down even further if you want. You could try JP Sears or whatever. But let's just say Luis Castillo. He's the cheapest for the raw points. All right, Shane Baz is there. 7,600. So I'm going to build 100 lineups with Luis Castillo in it and see how the lineups look different. Brian C1809 says, if the top 15 position players are at least 30% owned, I will set a rule that says for my lineups to have at most two players with at least 30%. Yeah, that's a blunt way of doing stuff. You don't have to, you have to hard code stuff that way. 
You can just go by ownership product. You don't need you don't need to do that. That's one way to just bulk cut out, just cut out a bunch of lineups. But understand there are going to be lineups that have three 30% on players that are still plus EV. You're just saying, I, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't even want to look at that bucket. Right. So it's not right or wrong. It's just that you have these buckets, right? You have these buckets with the 30% on players, right? Let's say there's five of them, right? There's five 30% on players. Do I want to play all five of them in my lineup? Well, that's one bucket. Four of them in your lineup is another bucket. Three of them in your lineup is another bucket. And maybe in the bucket that has all five of them, like it has a whole bunch of marbles in there, like a whole bunch of black marbles, horrible marbles. And you need to find the green one. There are green ones in there, but there's a lot more black marbles, right? Over-owned lineups that are negative EV. But there are plus EV lineups in there. There are green marbles. If you could go through and pick them out, you're fine. There are, you don't have to set a rule for that. Then you go to the next one, which is four 30% on players. There's tons of black marbles in there, but there's a little bit more green marbles in there. Not as many. As the black ones, but there's still there's still plenty in there, and if you could you could you could find them, you could take them. Then you go to the one with the three. Now there's you, now you see a lot more green marbles. There's still more black marbles, but there's like oh there's more to choose from. Then you go to the one where you're only playing two of them, and now there are actually more green marbles than than black marbles in that in that thing. And then you have one that have none of them, and it's mostly all green marbles. Not as many marbles though, but almost all of them are green. So you know that if you cut off and you say, well, I don't want to play any more than two 30% on players in my lineup like that. You're basically saying, I'm just not even going to bother to look through that for those first three big containers of marbles, right? Just because by accident, I, you could start picking out lineups that are not plus EV. At least when if I'm choosing from these two other buckets, these jars of marbles, I'm more likely to play plus EV lineups even just by accident. Well, you have to be much more careful if you're playing five 30% on players in your lineup. So that would be the, that would, that is essentially what you're doing. It doesn't mean that you can't have three, four, five 30% on players in your lineup and automatically be negative EV. You just have to really find a way to get leverage elsewhere. Okay, so I put uh, Luis, Luis Castillo in. So what this did is that it actually gave me less Hanser Alberto, who's cheap and projected to be in the Dodgers lineup, and still is giving me some of these cheapies. <coughs> Carlos Santana, Taylor Trammell, Carlos Santana, Garlic Reyes. What spots is it filling now? Well, it's a lot of times it's filling an outfield spot in a first baseman spot. So I'm not really getting as much like Freddie Freeman. Is Freddie Freeman even playing today? Is that the reason I'm not getting him? Let's take a look. I just want to make sure. Let's uh, look at uh, Roto Grinders. Let's look at the starting lineups page. Am I missing something that Freeman is not projected to be in? Let's see. Starting lineups. What is this project? No, Freeman's in. Freeman, we have projected in. So Freeman, Taylor, Bellinger aren't really coming up in the stacks as much. Right? Because they're they're, they're a little bit more expensive than what they did. I mean, they're still cheap for Coors. 
So maybe how do we stop getting cheap first basemen in these in these uh, stacks? So we already got rid of Alberto by playing Castillo. But I mean, we could just get rid of Trace Thompson, but all that's going to do is just now replace Trace Thompson with another cheap outfielder. So why don't we why don't we play? Why don't we why don't we put Chris Taylor in the outfield? So we remove one of the you know the, these these cheapy outfielders that are showing up that will be correlated to a lot of Dodgers stats. So let's let's just make sure to play Taylor. And what I'm doing here, this is what you could do for single entry. Like just because I'm using lineup HQ doesn't mean I'm building a hundred lines. I'm using it as a research tool, right? So let's see. So let's say it's, we still play Trace Thompson, but we play Chris Taylor also. So I'm going to lock Chris Taylor in to force him into the stacks. Now let's take a look. I'm gonna now I'm, I'm going to start building a less lineups, fifty lineups. Trying to get this Dodgers five-man lineup, five-man stack lineup, to look different from other Dodgers lineups. So I could I could play a chalky stack, a chalky team, in a different way. Okay, so you're getting Taylor in here. You're still getting you're getting David McKinnon at third base. You're getting Edmund Sosa at third base. You're getting Edmundo Sosa. Okay, you're getting cheap Michael Frank. You're still getting cheapies. So let's play Chris Taylor. Let's put in Fre Freddie Freeman also. Let's see what happens. To try to make our Dodgers stacks look different from other Dodgers stacks. I'm going to put it down to 20. We could run through these a little bit quicker. I'll try to get you in the mindset of lineup construction dynamics. Okay, so you're getting Sosa. You're still getting these cheapies. Cal Raleigh is a cheapie, right? Because everyone's he's still paying up for 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 Rodon, Austin Slade. Now you're getting more Dodgers. Jonah Bry, Kyle Kyle Darlick, Garlic. So why don't we take out? Why don't we take out the pitchers? We're going to be losing projection now. Now now you have to admit that we're going to be dropping some projection, right? So let's say I'm going to take out Rodon also and Ray and Wheeler, right? Okay, so we're taking out the three highest raw projected pitchers. I don't know how much sacri projection sacrifice we're going to take, but let's see. And forcing into Freeman and Taylor. I built 20 lineups. Okay, so let's look at the top lineup from the, the Rodon build. This is at 122.5. What's this top? 119.6. Okay, we're not we're not getting oh, we're not really getting rid of that much projection. We got rid of Rodon in our lineups. And we didn't sacrifice that much. Three points? That's not that bad. That's really not that bad at all. But now we're playing JP Sears, right? Now we're playing the cheaper pitcher. We're still playing, okay, we're still playing Hayes and Slater in this lineup. And Kirk. And Kirk is more likely to be what? Like we said before, correlated to Pirates lineups. Okay, so maybe we don't want to put those two together. Sosa, Lane Time. We're still getting cheapies in here. Because I mean, because the Dodgers are very expensive. Michael Franco, Austin Slater. Okay, so Sears Castillo. 
We still, I, I still want to start getting rid of more cheapies. So get rid of, get rid of Slater, get rid of Thomas, get rid of Cabrian Hayes. I don't want pirates. I don't want pirates in my Dodgers lineups. And then we get for Framil Reyes, Taylor Trammell, Jordan Luplo, Kyle Garlic. Just start getting rid of all these guys. I don't mind Trace Thompson because he's part of the Dodgers stack. Now we're getting down to people that are like, okay, probably not going to be, not going to be in these lineups. So let's see. Let's run twenty and see this. One nineteen point six eight, one eighteen point oh four. Not that bad. Okay, this is this isn't that bad. Justin Upton. We're just getting different. We're still getting different cheapies. Grossman. Marsh, Sears Castillo, Kirk, Longoria, Nelson Cruz. But for single entry, this may this this is this is fine. Third base, a third. So people would not be playing Trey Turner in these types of lineups. To play Justin Turner. Like if you're playing single entry, this is fine. I mean, let's go from the very beginning. 120. Okay, so this lineup. The lineup that we ran that has nothing, nothing excluded, nothing, we don't care about nothing, is at 128.34. It's and it's a Dodgers stack. What well, you have Ray and Rodon and Chavis and Smith and some cheapy outfielder. A more more typically owned cheapy outfielder. You're gonna sacrifice 10 points. Which remember, what's 10 points in baseball? That's less than the swing of a bat, right? A home run. And make that up. And now you're playing a same Dodger stack, but two different pitchers. So you're losing ownership there and not playing any correlated one-offs to the lineups that would have two expensive pitchers in there. You're playing at different positions. You're not playing at first, but yeah, a little bit at outfield. But if you even if you wanted to bring some of those back, you'd be fine. Maybe you'd find a way to play a Kirk lineup instead. Is there a Will? Let's let's go. Like yeah, like even like this type of lineup. Like I like this. Playing an Alejandro Kirk lineup with the Dodgers. So yeah, I like this type of lineup even better, from an overlap standpoint. That you're not playing because look at this lineup. You're not playing any of the cheapy outfielders. The only cheapy outfielder you're playing is correlated to your stack. Trace Thompson, Evan Longoria. Alejandro Kirk. Most likely Dodger stacks will have Will Smith in there. They'll have Hansel Alberto or Justin Turner, or they'll have Josh Smith in this spot. A lot of Lions may have Soto in this spot, and you have Cruz, which is fine. They'll have and, and then they also have Rodon and Ray or Wheeler, something like that. And you have Sears and Castillo. So you could pay up basically, other than Thompson, you're paying up for Freeman, Muncie, and Trey Turner. And you're playing none of the cheapy outfielders that would be correlated with Dodgers. And you're sacrificing about 10 points. Is this too many points to sacrifice? I don't know. Where's the line? You're playing at 600 person contest. Is this worth, is it worth going being this different a pitcher? Well, this, to me, this is the way you play the, the a chalky Dodger stack. Now, if you were going to, just X out the Dodgers, then you wouldn't have to worry as much about being different a pitcher. I mean, that's the same concept that we talk about all the time. Well, I'm going to play chalk here. That means I got to be different elsewhere. So most likely, if you're playing the chalkiest stack, you're going to be different a pitcher somewhat. 
If you're playing a 1% don't stack, you're more likely to be chalky at pitcher. But this is the process of thinking through what players are correlated to other players in other people's lineups. I'm not talking about on the same team. Obviously, all the Blue Jays are correlated to each other because people are more likely to play them in a stack. But if people are not going to play Will Smith in their lineup on a Dodger stack, they're more likely to have who? Well, some cheap catcher. There's have to be a cheap catcher. It's most likely they have Will Smith, the catcher, and a cheap first baseman. And you can just run through the projections and see that. Now, this is obviously, like I said before, I'm going through as if the plate IQ projections are gospel. Talking about if you, you could do this through multiple projection sets. Do, go to the bat and do this. Go to X sites projections and do it. Aggregate them all together and do it. To see what other people are going to be utilizing in their lineup builders. And a lot of people, especially that don't understand what they're doing, they're just like, I'm just going to play. I'm just going to set exposures. The people that build by exposure are going to start jamming in. You're going to wonder why, why, oh, all my good lineups have Josh Smith in. All my good expensive stacks have Josh Smith Because why wouldn't they? He has the best point per dollar value at third base. And your stack doesn't have a good third baseman in it. So it's going to have Josh Smith. But but I but I only have 18% Josh Smith. Yeah, but that 18% is all in those types of lineups. You're going to find that J, Josh Smith is all correlated with also Carlos Rodon. So if like if one guy has a bad game, it doesn't matter what the other guy does because they're all in similar lineups together. How to get away from that. Unless you want to do that. Like if you're playing a very condensed group of lineups, sure, yeah, do whatever the hell you want. But it's more likely that your opponent's lineups will look like that. How do you get different? Instead of trying to get different in a 2v2, try to get different in a 5v5. Those types of difference. Different combinations. And this is helpful in any sport. Right? We're not just talking about baseball here. Football, any type of showdown, PGA. If you're playing a, a more expensive uh, golfer in your lineup, you're playing Rory at 11K or something. Whoever the chalky 7, 7K golfer is more likely to be in Rory in Rory lineups. I mean, it just makes sense. It's like, well, if I want to play him, I got to play that guy. So those, those two are going to be, more lineups will have them both together. So if you're going to play Rory in your lineup, maybe the most, take another 7K golfer. Or change your construction that you don't even have to play a 7K golfer. Because you know that these two are going to be Cloak, these two golfers are going to be in a lot of lineups together. If Rory McElroy is in 22% of lineups and the 7K guy is in 10% of lineups, a lot of that 10% of lineups is part of the 22% of Rory McElroy. Do you want that? You, you could, and then you have to get different at the other four spots. But people don't, people look at that and they go, well, I want to be over the field on that guy and over the field on this guy and not realize that they're all in the same lineups together. Even if you build a lineup HQ without without knowing what you're doing, you will get that a lot. I'm going to build 150 lineups. I want 50% Rodon and 50% Robbie Ray. And then you build and it shows you that you have 50% of each of 150 lineups. But it turns out that you have... Ray and Rodon together in the first in the 75 lineups, and neither of them in the other 75 lineups. That's still 50% of your portfolio. 
Or it could be that 50% of your lineups have Rodon and 50% of your lineups have Ray and none of them are together, right? You, you, they have literally no overlap, right? Those are the two extremes. But just by looking over here by, by oh, what's my exposure? We'll never tell you that. You actually have to look. Or you have to at least understand lineup construction dynamics so you can manipulate things. You go, okay, well, if I'm going to have a lot of this guy, that means I'm going to end up with a lot of that guy. So let me minimize my exposure to this guy so I don't get it on a lot of that guy. Like, you have to visualize how the lineups put, uh, come together. That's why I knew going in that, okay, if you play a five-man Dodger stack and you play two expensive pictures, you're going to be playing a lot of these 2K crapper point-per-dollar value guys, which could be fine. But a lot of lineups are going to look like that. You're going to get a lot of Diego Castillo and, and Michael Chavis and whoever, and Carlos Santana in your lineups, in your Dodgers stacks, right? Which will also make them higher on than they should be. So let's say you were to play a more a, an expensive stack that wasn't the Dodgers. Maybe you still don't play those guys, right? Because even if the Dodgers fail, they're more likely to have like Chavis in it or something like that. But also, Chavis may end up being 12% on for no reason, only because he fits into too many lineups. And maybe Carlos Santana is only 4% on, and you'd rather play him for a 0.1 less projection to try to get even more different from the chalky-looking lineups. Uh, MJC says, does anyone feel like the smaller slates, 2-4 to four games versus the 9-15 to 15 game slates are more valuable? No, I prefer the bigger slates. The more decisions that the field has to make, the more that sharp players have an edge, right? I prefer the big slates. The bigger, the better. 15-game slates, beautiful. Four-game slates, meh, meh. Four-game slates are easier to figure out, like, oh, everyone's going to do this, and there's the obvious thing that you don't do, right? Like that type of stuff. On a 15-game slate, a lot of times, things get spread out enough that you're like, I don't know where the obvious the obvious points are. But that's for everyone, right? That's the thing. So figuring out what other people are going to do and what the lineup constructions are on a 15-game slate, like, it's like as long as you don't run into very similar lineup constructions, you can build you can build 100,000 lineups that are fine. If you want to talk more about this, you can come into the Blender's Game Theory channel. In the Ro the Roto Grinders Discord, that's part of your premium subscription. You get lineup HQ. You get uh, all the content, all the projections, all the ever. You get all the everything. You get everything you could possibly get at Roto Grinders. So click that link in the description, RotoGrinders.com/slash/premium. You can tell you can ask me anything you want in the Discord. We're going to do another coaching call on Friday, Friday night. And you can show me your screens. You can do whatever. It's your time. So if you want private coaching. Sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. But this concept that I'm talking about, that I walked through, the concept is in the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's in the, whatever, the construction section. Chapter 7, Construction. We talk about it as a concept. Right? Understanding why, why certain things fit into other things. That that exists as a dynamic. Now, what I walk through is more of an application of that concept, which will be more in the, the second course, which is coming out about four to six weeks. But you can pick this one up. This is the this is the basic course. 
The advanced course is coming out soon. But the, the basic, you're going to need this first. Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. How to think like a professional DFS player. The entire game theory. The, not the, the entire game theory. But it's the game theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. Applies to all the sports. Doesn't matter. It's not just MLB. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Hit that notification bell. We're going to be going live later today. 15 games late, 5 o'clock Eastern, Grinders Live. Dean's there. Dean of the guys. 6.20 is crunch time. Brought to you by FanDuel. Kevin Roth, we're going over all the weather. Is there is there any weather today? Let's see. I didn't even check. Obviously, there's weather. Is there bad weather? Nope. Doesn't look like there's anything. 80 degrees, wind blowing out. I don't think we have to, I don't think we have to worry about anything. It's gonna be easy. Easy peasy. So hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Helps us out. Like and subscribe. If you're if you're listening on the podcast version of this, feel free to go on iTunes and rate, rate and review. Say how great I am. That's beautiful. That's great. And uh yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow's grinders live. We have an early slate tomorrow. Uh, I think one o'clock. Is like the main split. It's a split, whatever. So tomorrow would not be a pregame show. It'll just be a Grinders Live. I don't know what time that's going to start. Maybe 11.30, 11, 11. I'll be on that show. It just, it'll be me and Dean and someone else and whatever. It won't be this exact show, but I'll, I'll see you tomorrow anyway, right? We'll be going over that slate. Answering your questions, right? I, I answer your questions even on those shows. So tune in. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit all the buttons, and I'll see you tomorrow uh, for, for Grinders Live. Remember, tomorrow's Grinders Live. And then on Thursday, I'm back doing the same stuff that I normally do, answering your DFS strategy questions on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. <laughs>